What is up, people? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amla Epinovi, and happy Wednesday. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Drop down what you're doing down below. We have a great show for you in store. But before we get into the topics of today, I have to introduce Taylor in Nashville. Oh, hey. How's it going, everybody? Hope you guys are having a fantastic, fantastic day. Now, today we have a lot to talk about. There's a bunch of different stories that are on our minds. One, we have a woman who went crazy inside a Walmart, as you know one does. It's typical Walmart behavior, I guess. And she ends up assaulting a cop slash security guard and, uh, of course, then proceeds to accuse the store of being racist. We'll get into that. Also, we have an MLB player by the name of Trevor. Bauer, who was accused of essay, and we'll get into that a little bit deeper into the show, and it turns out maybe the allegations were not as true as we thought they were. Plus, a women in tech conference gets overrun by men who all start to identify as non-binary as a means of getting in. Is this okay? Is it funny? We'll get into that as well. And lastly, maybe we might touch on the, my experience at the 1975 concert. I, got, I know how much you guys love the 1975, so uh, I know you guys really want me to talk about it. We'll decide at the end of the show whether or not that actually happens. Now, let's get into this video out of Walmart, uh, which I did not expect to be saying on this show. This apparently happened at a Westchester County Walmart in New York on Monday, where you see a woman wearing bright purple pants uh, being pinned down inside the store by a state trooper after allegedly arguing with him and hurling items at him. Now, I'm not exactly sure how this uh, sort of outburst began within the Walmart, but we're gonna take a look at the video so that you guys can see a little bit of what happened here. Let's watch. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Damn, I love Walmart. Okay, I think you get the gist there. I don't know if we need to continue watching that. Now, I don't know if she was experiencing some sort of mental health crisis that set her on edge here, and that's what led to this entire altercation. Nonetheless, uh, the immediate sort of uh, knee-jerk reaction of accusing the cop and Walmart in general of being racist is just what, what a sign of the times that that actually is to be in a position to create this huge scene within the Walmart, actively, you know, vandalize, destroy items, throw things on the ground, throw things at the uh, police officer who's trying to calm you down and, I don't know, take care of the situation, then assault that police officer physically, as you saw, she slapped slash punched him in the face, uh, and then be 
you know, at least attempt to detain this individual, and they scream that Walmart is racist. It's very reminiscent of the young woman who we reacted to on this show, and I won't show the clip, but I'll show you uh, what she looks like here, who decided that she was going to film her music video inside a Target. And she got together with all of her friends, and there was probably, you know, 20 plus individuals within this Target. And she's like, I'm gonna just film my music video in this space where other people are trying to shop and in a space that I don't own, nor did I rent out. And when the Target security comes to her and says, hey, you know, you can't do this here. You also can't film here. She proceeds to film her music video and you know disobey the the rules of the target that she's in then hops on twitter and says that a racist was trying to stop her from from filming her music video it seems to be that this is the go-to excuse that we use anytime we find ourselves in a less than ideal situation and particularly an ideal a less than ideal situation that we've created for ourselves meaning you actively intended on breaking the rules and when you are held accountable or at least there was an attempt to hold you accountable uh, for those rules, you scream racism. I wonder what happened in our society that people think that that is the go-to excuse that they should use. Is it maybe that we coddled certain individuals in our society, that we sold them a narrative of racism in our society, that we convinced them that the very foundation of this country is racist and that anybody with a particular skin color who does something wrong to them could be a racist white supremacist? Is that maybe what leads to people having outbursts like this or breaking the law and then crying racism? You guys let me know down below. <laughs> I don't know what else to really say about this video other than it really is just typical. It's typical behavior at this point, like that uh, that London video that we reacted to where a black woman came into a shop, apparently trying to return items that she couldn't return, ends up trying to steal extra items when leaving the store, and then of course is apprehended by the owner of the store who is saying, hey... I own that stuff, you can't just walk in here and disrespect me. And when they get into an altercation, racism is cried again. It's like the boy who cried wolf over and over. What's gonna happen when real racism occurs? Nobody's gonna be able to believe you. Nobody's gonna want to believe you. It really devalues uh, the entire argument, the entire struggle itself of, of racism in this country, which at least, you know, in my opinion, is not as bad as people make it out to be, but sometimes it is. Sometimes there are individuals who are just blatantly racist and who are committing acts of, of racism against other people, even active hate crimes. You know how I feel about the phrasing of hate crime, but I digress. I'm not gonna get into that, go down that rabbit hole right now. But what happens when actual instances of racism occur? Nobody's gonna be around to hear it, see it, or care about it, quite frankly. So good job, lady. Again, I hope this was a mental health crisis and not, uh, you know, active, nefarious behavior like this. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's part of me that wants to just kind of laugh at this video because it is sort of a funny situation. But of course, we don't know if she was having some kind of mental health issue. We don't know the circumstances that led to this confrontation. But it does seem to be a pattern that has emerged where we keep seeing these videos. It gives the same energy as the meatball video we saw last week of a woman laughing hysterically while uh, people were looting stores in Philadelphia. And uh, she ended up later getting arrested facing consequences. I don't, we're not sure if she cried racism, but it's that same energy of, well, we're in this oppressed category or there's injustice against uh, black people in America. Therefore, we're justified in looting or doing any manner of misbehavior activities uh, with impunity. And 
well, the irony in all this for me is kind of like it, if that expectation were met, if society did decide, as we've seen in many cities and from certain district attorneys and uh, certain corporate policies and such, uh, if society does decide to lower the standards for you because of this oppression or whatever, that's actually racist because now they're saying we don't expect you to meet the standard of behavior of civil society. We don't expect you to behave legally. Therefore, we're going to take it easy on you when you don't do so. That's, to me, more racist than anything. So it's kind of ironic that when you are met with the consequences of your own actions, you cry racism. Yeah, it's wild. I was watching, you brought up the Philadelphia thing and all of the looting that happened there, which we covered on this show. It was insane. It was so bad that the next day, all of the liquor stores, I believe statewide, said we're just going to be closed because we can't deal with the people who are coming in and stealing our property. And it was not just liquor stores. It was mom and pop shops. It was pharmacies. It was, you know, Lululemon and Apple and Foot Locker, all these different places were looted. And the DA in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, who has a history of being soft on crime, went on television and was like, you know what, we need to take into account into account whether or not, you know, these people seem like criminals or if they or if they seem like law abiding citizens. I'm like, did we watch the same videos? Did we watch the same videos where literally like 50 people ran into an Apple store, grabbed as many iPhones as they possibly could while like cheering each other on and laughing and, you know, turning their noses up at other people and then leaving the store? Did we watch that together collectively? Because how is your answer? Oh, well, we need to find out whether or not these are actually good people, (laughs) you know? I understand taking into account people's character and, you know, their history when, uh, you know, going forward to punish them for a crime. But these videos are pretty, like, uh, cut and dry. Like, you, you can watch them and see exactly what, the, what this individual's intent was. So, I mean, uh, shout out to Philly. I don't know how you guys are going to be doing after all this stuff is going on. It's kind of like they're actively asking people to commit crimes like this. You're going to have a lot of, like... Walmart racist ladies in in Philly. You're going to have a lot of like looters in Philly, a lot of crime and virtually every large blue run uh, metropolitan area is going to be dealing with the same thing because they're just so soft on this sort of stuff. Now, yeah, well, real quick on that point about let's determine if they're good people to see if I'm going to punish them or not as a district attorney. That's such a subjective value judgment. But even so, good people who misbehave who demonstrably, provably commit crime or violate laws, break boundaries, they still deserve punishment, you know, even if they're good people. And that that applies like if, at the most basic level. If you're in preschool uh, and somebody breaks the rules, you don't say, well, uh, let's see, are you a good kid or a bad kid? If you're a good kid, I'm going to uh, be softer on you. Like, of course, maybe we take a little bit of, you know, your past behavior into account uh, in the severity of punishment. But at the same time, Generally speaking, if you break rules, you deserve to be punished full stop. And if that's your job as a district attorney to prosecute, then like you can't put yourself in the position of uh, of making that subjective value judgment every single time. He is he's really, uh, in my opinion, not to be trusted when it comes to that stuff, especially with just looking at the state of of Philadelphia right now. But I digress. We're going to let it lie, guys. I want to talk about a story that maybe I find funny. I don't know yet. I, I we, We've covered stories like this before on the show, and I do just sit on the precipice of going, oh, gosh, this is going to devolve into just absolute insanity. But there was a woman in tech conference, and I'll just play the video for you guys to see exactly what happened there. 
career conference for females in tech was taken over by male attendees. They were there just purely for the career fair. Social media clips filmed at the Grace Hopper, the world's largest gathering of women technologists, show men standing in line to meet with recruiters. This is a space for women in tech. This is one of those few limited resources that isn't for you, it's for us. Some of the male attendees reportedly lied about being non-binary just to get in. But it's interesting that the large majority of the people that actually ended up in the event had name tags with he, him, and have no searchable history of identifying as non-binary. Several tech workers defended the men for trying to capitalize on job opportunities not meant for them, saying that the entire concept was wrong. Let's be honest, there is no need for a conference just for women because if it was the opposite for men, then it would be sexist. Just because you are a woman doesn't give you the right to talk to a big firm recruiter. Guys work just as hard and they don't get that chance. Mm, okay, so that's what went down. Did I call this type of stuff happening? 100% are you kidding me if you start doing things like affirmative action for women or for people of color or you know whatever the case may be people are going to start to mark those categories on their applications or you know in whatever respective you know conference or job application or college application they're going to start to mark those categories because they know that those people get preferential treatment and this has been happening for for women in stem for quite some time and it's part of an active push to see more, more women in the space, and I understand that. But that should not be your goal there. Your goal should be, you know, to have an equal playing field for all involved and maybe taking gender slash sex off of applications so that people can apply, they can be judged based on their merit and resources and whatever, and then you funnel them in. And if that happens to be women, it happens to be women. If it happens to be men, it happens to be men. But now you've opened up conferences for women in tech and special job applications for women in tech and college applications and all these different things. So at some point... The men are going to get wise and they're going to label themselves as women or non-binary or whatever it is that they have to do to get into the spaces necessary. I mean, you already see it with like trans women in, in women's sports and you see it with men uh, ticking off women or I identify as women to move to a woman's prison or to go to the women's bathroom or be at the women's spa. This is happening everywhere. To think that it wasn't going to come to tech conferences is beyond me. Now, does this undermine the whole like gender theory argument it can it can't uh i think maybe the one good thing about this is if men continue to do this it's going to be so difficult to keep them out of women's spaces that they're just going to have to get rid of the rules that allow for like non-binary identification and they them and gender queer and all these different things and you know if that's what needs to be done in order to make it happen I guess I'm okay with it. I would much rather it happen on the basis of logical argument. And maybe this is a way of communicating your logical argument that this should not be allowed. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the definition of cognitive dissonance, right, is like holding two beliefs uh, and, that contradict each other in your head at the same time. And you have on the one hand the idea that women's spaces should not include males. And this was an event created for women. It's supposed to be a women's space. It's supposed to be to encourage women to have job opportunities in the tech industry or whatever. And uh, that's something that they hold to. And then on the, at the same time, many of those same people who are women in the tech industry hold to the belief that if you identify as uh, a woman, then you are a woman. 
Yeah. So how do you hold those two at the same time? And then yet also not want these men to be, or these males to be in your space. And I thought it was amusing that one of the TikToks reacting to it, the guy was like, well, none of them have any, any documented history of being non-binary or transitioning or anything like that. And according to the TikToks we watched uh, the other day, we just posted one on the channel today, it doesn't matter. You, you're you valid according to their ideology as a trans man, as a non-binary person, uh, just by saying that this, this is who I am. That's the nature of self-ID. So it's kind of funny to see their logic eat itself. Now, is this a case like, am I, am I against or for what they did here? I'm not really sure. I'm not super familiar with this event in principle. I'm not necessarily against, uh, women creating spaces for themselves or spaces being made for particular groups it to foster engagement in certain industries. I don't think that's inherently a bad thing, but I will say we have seemed to create an environment in the hiring industry, in academia in, in college admissions and such, uh, where, males, white males seem to have fewer opportunities because mm -hmm. we are so insistent on creating spaces for these other categories. So at what point uh, does, and I saw Wilfred Riley on Twitter pose this question, like at what point does this become an issue of fighting against injustice and to where you're literally being discriminated against just on, on a uh, surface level innate characteristics about you. Uh, and at what point are you justified in taking means, you know, like writing is the language of the unheard while identifying as non-binary might be mm -hmm. the language of these males who are not having as, as many opportunities in their uh, workspaces just because of their sex. Yeah, that's what we, we have to pose that question, right? Because with affirmative action, you have to wonder, like, at what point did the tables turn back around? And we saw this happen with the lawsuits that were brought uh, to the Supreme Court against institutions like Harvard on behalf of Asian students and, and white students saying, okay, well, you're using affirmative action here. Now we're at a disadvantage, even though we're meeting the academic standards of the spaces that we were supposed to be in, but are no longer allowed to be in because you're giving the spaces to people of color. The very same could be said for affirmative action uh, in the direction of, of getting more women in tech or in STEM, whatever uh, you know field you're choosing. At what point does it become an unequal playing field where men need to start, you know, fighting for their space back in tech? You have to ask yourself these questions. And it would be far better, as I said before, if you just got rid of asking people uh, what their what their sex is or what their race is when you are looking at applications here. Now, the conference did have to respond to what was happening here, and we'll play a little bit of that so that you can see how they dealt with this issue of men suddenly being in a woman's space. This is supposed to be a joyous event that centers around you. Yesterday, it became clear that there are a far greater number of cisgender men attending the man anticipated. Simply put, some of you lie about your gender identity when you register. And as evidence of the stacks and stacks of resumes you're passing out, you did so because you thought that you could come here and take space to try to get a job. We need male allies. We need men who want to celebrate women, who want to work with and for women. And so, that 
look at that smile on his face. And I'm like, oh, yes, the applause from the crowd of fellow allies who also love women. We respect women. Oh, gosh, I just can't. <laughs> I can't deal with it. You know, I, I understand, right? If you're a woman and you're in tech and there's like a bunch of men around you, you don't necessarily feel represented. You feel like you might be the odd one out. So you, you want to get more women in the space and maybe they feel, you know, discouraged or they feel like they're not welcome there. And that's something to, you know, work on and make sure that people feel accepted. But this just like women, oh, we want to do things for women. We want to make sure that you get a little leg up and we want to make sure you have your own conference and you get in your own space. It's just so demeaning to me that I just cannot stand when people talk like this. I do not, we don't need allies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't need your allyship. Just be cool with me. I'm cool with you. I don't need you to pedestalize me or give me a boost up or give me extra space or preferential treatment. Can we just like coexist and be chill with one another? I guess not. But this goes to show that like these policies are going to come back to bite you in the ass. I recently saw an announcement from Lyft and Lyft said, you know, in order to be allies with women, we are now going to have a feature where women can request women drivers. And if there's one near you and one in the area, that's what we'll send you. But it's for women and non-binary individuals. So you're telling me that if a woman goes, hey, I'd like to request a female driver. I've had you know, a bad run-in with male drivers in the past. Request female slash non-binary. A whole ass man could just say, I'm non-binary. I identify as they, them. And then show up to pick you up in the car. That's, how does that make sense? In fact, adding a non-binary category to something for specifically women, in my opinion, emboldens predatory men to just identify as, as non-binary to get in your space. Now, these men who went to this tech conference don't seem to be you know, predatory in any way, shape or form. It seems more so that they were just trying to prove a point, but imagine what this does for men who are predatory. Just click the box of non-binary and suddenly you're able to be in a woman's space. So either, you do women's spaces correctly, which is allow biological women to be a part of those spaces, or just don't do them because you are quite literally defeating the purpose of creating one in the first place when you allow for anybody that identifies as anything to join the space. The same goes uh, for this tech conference as goes for Lyft with those cars. Dude, if I checked, I wanted a woman driver and a man showed up to pick me up, <laughs> I'd be pissed. Are you kidding me? It's just ridiculous. The logic's yeah, can you not do sound. The, as a man, can you I'd put non-binary as a rider and then call and be like, oh, I only want women to drive me around? What was that? I can imagine they do that too. Yeah, no, like, yeah. If you're a non-binary yeah. person, you can use that feature as well. So the feature is for non-binary and women. So if you're a non-binary person, meaning you could possibly be a man, and you say, I specifically want a woman driver slash non-binary driver, you can also use that, uh, that feature. So cool guys i guess like in an effort to be like woke and inclusive and in on everything you're making the lives of women harder and it's so crazy because women used to be like the pedestalized victim of like progressives it used to be like we are the the marginalized half of society and that's a big deal because it's half of us and we live under the patriarchy and we're oppressed and feminism is you know the new frontier the future is female they used to say <laughs> and now look i don't know what what the future is anymore the future is just everybody is anything at any given moment and also like fuck women because uh you guys are transphobes so 
awesome. Awesome. This is the one time where I'm like on the side of these women in tech who are complaining about like men being in their their space because the actual institution itself is allowing these things. Now, speaking of the institution allowing things like this, I saw a video that I just wanted to play really briefly of the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak giving a brief little part of his speech. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of his political leanings. Obviously, he's a representative of the Conservative Party in the UK. Uh, but here's what he had to say in regard to gender theory. And it also shouldn't be controversial for parents to know what their children are being taught in school about relationships. Patients should know when hospitals are talking about men or women. And we shouldn't get bullied. And we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex they want to be. They can't. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. That's just common sense. And there's my girl Kemi Badenoch just uh, just cheering him on, which I don't know all the ins and outs of Kemi's uh, leanings either. I've just seen her speak extensively on the topic of race and you know racial tension and all this stuff, and she's brilliant as far as that issue is concerned. It's so refreshing to see somebody of that status talk like that and to just give a clear-cut answer on men being men and women being women. And it's so wild that a video like this, this got uh, 10 million views. A video like this of somebody just simply acknowledging reality gets 10 million views. I don't know whether or not to feel like refreshed and, and happy about it or totally blackpilled that something so simple as you know, men are men and women are women is reaching such virality in, in our country. Oh, gosh. The youth, well, yeah, and I mean, in the, in the world even, right, as, a, as right. a minister in the UK. But, yeah, do you think that we're at a place where this, uh, the wave has crested with regard to the gender ideology stuff, uh, where we have mm -hmm. people like this prime minister of the UK are just being applauded for saying this? Or do you think it's going to, the war is going to keep waging on? I think it's going to go on for a little longer. Like, I, you know, I think it is going to go on for a little longer. We, I think we're reaching the, the pinnacle of where this can go. And I don't have anything to substantiate that other than the fact that it seems like now the people who are being silent about their position on the issue are feeling more empowered to actually speak about where they stand on this and to stand up to the gender activists of the world. So once we reach that point of back and forth, I mean... You can either just continue to fight, 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 or, you know, one particular side gains attraction or will split off and like each of the different states is going to have their their separate philosophies as far as gender is concerned, which is already what's happening. Like, you know what's going to happen when you view a child custody case over transgenderism in California or, uh, you know, like Portland or something like that. So... I don't know if it ends. I think it just splinters. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be like a hard and fast end. But I do think that uh, situations like the the tech conference, I mean, that's kind of a funny example. But it does point to the sort of fatal flaw of uh, gender ideology, which is it doesn't have the ability to differentiate between people who are identifying as things under false pretenses and people who genuinely are whatever they identify as. And mm -hmm. Because identifying as something is is not as 
attached to something material, something real, something grounded in uh, reality that we can measure or by any real. I mean, they'll they'll cite these different like brain scans and studies and stuff. But you're talking to our friend Colin Wright and people like him, um, who's a biologist. They're like, no, this this is pseudoscience and it's not anything real. And the problem is when we create policies, when we create loopholes for you to be able to identify as non-binary, to get a different, to get access to female lift drivers or get access to female locker rooms or get access to female spaces, uh, mm-hmm. you're that is you're creating this loophole and that bad actors can use. That's not to say that everybody who identifies as non-binary has a proclivity to act badly in those settings or is trying to exploit women. But it is to say that the existence of that loophole that you've created with this ideology that is pseudoscience is creating opportunity for those bad actors to uh, enter those spaces. And until you can fix that, this is going to continue to happen and where you cannot continue it's not sustainable to your point to uh, allow this ideology to dictate policy when it comes to like custody battles when it comes to women's safety and this is going to continue to be an issue that people harp on i mean you and i we talk about we get sick of talking about it all the time but it's like when a lie just keeps being pushed you kind of have to keep saying that's a lie and we need to speak truth to this situation like uh, our, our boy Richie just did. Yeah, I feel like a broken record sometimes when we're talking about things on the show. I'm just like, I, I don't know how many other times I can make this point and in how many other different ways because the argument just keeps happening nonetheless. Uh, I wish I had the video that you sent me. Taylor sent me this video of a girl getting pulled over by a police officer for like, she was getting a DUI test, right? And she tells him, you know, I identify as as non-binary and his instinct of I'm assuming of like some some sort of southern hospitality of course uh, is just to call her ma'am so he like accidentally calls her ma'am again and she just uses it as an excuse to probably end up failing this DUI test where she's like it's just when when you called me ma'am that it's really triggering it really set me off and he asked her do you have any physical ailments or injuries that will stop you from being able to complete this assessment she's like Uh, Well, mental health, mental health. And he's like, no, physical issues. Do you have any physical issues that are going to stop you from this right now? And she just keeps saying, well, my mental health, anxiety, depression. I'm just like, okay, how much longer can we put up with this, guys? How much longer? I know there are some of you that are like legitimate and you legitimately feel this incongruence and, you know, are destabilized by it. And there is plenty of room to to voice that. And I think to explore that uh, in, in a discussion. But when it comes to just like how much of a crutch it's used as and how much it comes to affect biological women who once had their own set of spaces, once had their own sports, uh, you know, had their own conferences or whatever the case may be, that's where I have to personally draw the line. Now, we're going to talk about women some more and actual biological women this time. You all know how I feel about the phrase hashtag believe all women. It came to be at the pinnacle of the Me Too uh, Time's Up movement that was centered around talking about sexual assault, being open about whether or not you are a victim of sexual assault, and really was a movement to empower women to come forward about things that have happened to him, happened to them and be taken seriously. Now, a, a MLB player by the name of Trevor Bauer and you'll have to remind me what what team. Uh, he was on the Dodgers. Dodgers, okay. Your Los Angeles Dodgers. Sporty McSportington is coming back right now to talk about this. And the, the last thing I I have details on is sports. But Trevor Bauer was accused of sexual assault uh, by by a woman 
and her name is Tiffany. We'll read through some of the stories here. So former L.A. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer and the San Diego woman who first accused him of sexual assault, triggering the investigation that led to an unprecedented suspension from the MLB, have settled their civil lawsuits outside of court with no money exchanged between the two parties. That's going to become very important. The woman accused Bauer of sexually assaulting her during two encounters in the spring of 2021, prompting the former uh, Cy Young Award uh, winner. Cy Young, yeah. Okay, I said that right. Uh, to be placed on administrative leave that July. The woman was later denied a permanent restraining order in Los Angeles Superior Court, and the district attorney's office declined to file criminal charges against Bauer. But MLB, which has the authority to apply punishment outside the criminal justice system, and spoke to the woman, uh, to the other women who had made similar accusations, handed Bauer a 324-game suspension in April of 2022, twice longer than the previous high under its domestic violence policy. Okay, so he was held out of the MLB two years. Two years of his career, he lost. Now I'm going to show you what is going to be a crazy, crazy update to this story from Trevor Bauer himself. Let's hear it. Next victim, star pitcher for the Dodgers. A text Lindsay Hill sent to a friend before she ever even met me. What should I steal? She asked another in reference to visiting my house for the first time. The answer, take his money. So how might that work? I'm going to his house Wednesday, she said. I already have my hooks in. You know how I roll. Then after the first time we met, net worth is 51 mil, she said. Bitch, you better secure the bag, was the response. Uh, but, but how was she gonna do that? Need daddy to choke me out, she said. Being an absolute whore to try to get in on his 51 million, read another text. Then, after the second time we met, former Padres pitcher Jacob Nix told her, you gotta get this bag. I'll give you 50,000, Lindsay replied. Hmm. Her AA sponsor asked her at one point, do you feel a tiny bit guilty? Not really, she replied. Since then, her legal team has approached me multiple times about coming to a financial settlement. But as I have done since day one, I refuse to pay her even a single cent. Uh, in August of 2021, Lindsay Hill's claims were heard in court. And during those legal proceedings, critical information was deliberately and unlawfully concealed from me and my legal team. Uh, information like this video, which was taken by Lindsay Hill herself Crazy. the morning after she claimed she was brutally attacked, emotionally traumatized, and desperate to get away from me. Uh, and now we have the metadata, so there can be no dispute. Uh, it was taken mere minutes before she left my house on the morning of May 16th, 2021, without my knowledge or consent, of course. Uh, in it, you can see her lying in bed next to me while I'm sleeping, smirking at the camera without a care in the world, or any marks on her face. I think it paints a pretty clear picture of what actually happened the evening of May 15th and why the video was originally concealed from us. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, after hearing the evidence available to her, Judge Diana Gold Saltman found that Lindsay Hill had misled the court. She found her claims to be materially misleading. Uh, she denied her request for a domestic violence restraining order and she found that no sexual assault or non-consensual conduct took place. Hmm, that's nuts, guys. That is literally nuts. Like, you'll hear about these stories, right, of allegations that have gone back and forth between two parties, and it becomes a he said, she said thing with, uh, you know, sexual assault and, and rape and things like that. Uh, most recently, we've spoken about Russell Brand on this show. And where that is not, you know, 
cut and dry, uh, the Russell Brand allegations. And there are some that, that that sound like they could be quite credible and we will never know because there's really, it's a tough thing to investigate. How can you prove that? This is very, very different. To so like blatantly go out and plan something like this to where you have messages about exactly what it is that you're going to do is just insane to me. This is just a new form of horrible person in this woman. And you know, what is he going to do about this, right? He can sue her back, right? Which I think he, he has done. What's he going to get? You know, if, if his net worth is 51 million, what's he going to get from some girl who decided that she wanted to be a gold digger and get his money? He's not going to get anything back. He loses two years of his career, which athletes in any given sport don't have a long time to like represent themselves and to, you know, have the, the just the physical capacity to play the sport like they once did. So losing two years of like something that you have to work so hard to, to be in is just insane. There's no way to reconcile that situation. There is nothing that that woman can do to make things better for for his life. There, you're not going to get you're not going to get justice in in this sense. It's just a, a horrible thing that happened to a guy, and that's really that's really it. Like, what can he do? And this is why the hashtag believe all women stuff that went out all over the internet is so inherently wrong. Of course, if a woman comes with an accusation investigate it, look into the situation. But to say, believe all women simply because they come forward and say and allege that something happened to them, it, it doesn't make any sense, especially when women like this exist. And we know they exist. And this is not to devalue actual instances of sexual assault, actual victims of sexual assault. It is to say that she doesn't value actual victims of sexual assault and, and, and rape. Because if she's willing to lie like this, create false allegations all for the sake of money, she doesn't care about other women. She's not a girl's girl, as they would say today. She just wants what is best for her. And dude... If I was a man in this situation and found all this out, my mind would be blown. I don't know how I would deal with this. I'd have a mental break, I think. That's crazy how well he's handling it. Yeah, and like you said, he, it literally cost him tens of millions of dollars because this is the prime of his career. As you mentioned, he's a Cy Young Award winner that goes to the top pitcher in the MLB. So we're, talk, we're not just talking about a, a random player. Like He was a great MLB player in the prime of his career and it's been taken down. He's been in Japan, I think the last year or two playing for the Yokohama DNA Bay stars, which I'm sure is a nice team, but probably not making as much money as he could be making uh, in the MLB. So to rob that from him, uh, obviously it's reprehensible behavior on the part of this woman. And, you know, hopefully she pays for it uh, in one way or another. But uh the fact that the MLB was willing to issue the suspension for, what, 324 games uh, on the basis of just allegations, to me, that's, um, I don't know if it's more upsetting than what the girl did to him, but it's almost as upsetting uh, that they were willing to issue that type of suspension against this player just on the basis of allegations. And we've seen similar stuff with the Russell Brand, which is still TB TBD, but mm -hmm. this is why the the presumption of innocence due process having a standard of evidence we have those rules in when it comes to legal proceedings because things like this happen and those uh principles mitigate against people who are bad actors who uh, are trying to take advantage of this and we created through me too this air this this moment in the culture where there's this believe all women energy and it leads to in gross injustices being committed and incentivizes bad actors like this woman to uh, 
take advantage of this loophole that's been created to uh, exploit the situation and profit off of it uh, because we're in an environment where all women are believed. So why not claim something that is false uh, if you can profit from it? So this is it, it just goes back to principles for me. And I'm not someone yet who's ready to say that uh, we've, we've had a similar conversation with regard to hate speech and censorship and big tech and all that. And like, mm -hmm. should the government require these big companies, things like the MLB, things like places like Google or whatever to follow the constitution to follow our laws uh in the same way i'm not quite sure there yet but i think right. public pressure and public sentiment at least should be uh such that instead of believe all women we are like hold, holding these entities like the mlb accountable to say you did not give this guy any due process you did not hold to the presumption of innocence and so you mistreated him and that should where was the media on that when all these allegations were coming there was very little from what i recall mm -hmm. and uh i we wouldn't be here if there were a different cultural environment around uh how all this happens and if we truly valued uh the presumption of innocence and due process yeah i wish in a case like this that he would have some basis pursuing the mlb and this woman well, obviously i think i think he can sue the woman and hopefully she should go to jail as false allegations you should go to jail for that uh and, expeditiously. I don't know why that would be up for debate whatsoever. I hope she does see her day in jail for this. Uh, I wish he was able to sue the MLB for doing this. It, it's not technically wrongful termination as it looks like he was suspended. So I don't know what the inner workings of that are. And yeah, I had the same thought as you, Taylor. Like, is there a way to hold other institutions accountable for when this happens to people? Because it happens so often that people are found guilty within the court of public opinion or institutional opinion before they ever actually see their day in our actual justice system. And to me, that should not be able to happen. Of course, the MLB is their own institution. They get to make decisions and they decided to suspend him on the basis of these allegations. But it is so wrong. It reminds me not necessarily of Russell Brand, because I, there is a very good possibility that some of the allegations against him are credible. But uh, Rex Orange County was another interesting one. I don't know if you guys listen to his music, but he's like a bedroom pop singer who was recently accused of sexual assault uh, from a woman who claimed that he had assaulted her on six different counts, right? And it ended up canceling his tour. People were throwing out his, his discography, saying that they wanted their money back, that they hated him, calling him a predator, a rapist, this and that all over the internet. And then a full-scale investigation takes place and it turns out the girl wasn't telling the truth. So you've taken what was the peak of this dude's career before he's about to head out on tour and you know become a, a much bigger name than he ever was before and you've just completely squashed all that. And it's always these like low level, horrible human being women who do this, who you can never get anything back from them. What are they gonna do? Cover the compensation you would have got for a full tour of your music? Absolutely not. You will never get your, your justice here. And for them to do this in like the prime of these, these guys' lives is just nuts to me. Uh, and it just devalues everything about our, our justice system, about actual victims. And it just sucks. It sucks. And, and that's it. I mean, his story did go viral. So at the very least, there's that. People are seeing it. They're talking about it. And they're, they're taking it seriously. Just don't know what else you could possibly do for this guy in this case. He's just going to have to live with the fact that he lost two years of his life. Rex Orange County lives with the fact that he lost his tour. And, you know, every other guy or woman that has gone through false allegations of in, in any case is just going to have to live uh, with what they've been put through. There should be 
in my opinion, right? I don't think we'll ever see this come to fruition. But there should be some sort of like law of the land where you're not allowed to like throw these allegations out to the public and to the press until an investigation is done. Uh, and unfortunately, that's not going to be the case, especially with high profile individuals uh, like Trevor Bauer and in Russell Brand and in Rex Orange County. All of these things uh, make it to the press before they make it to law enforcement oftentimes. So there we are. And on that, you know, beautiful, wonderful, bright note, we are going to get into your super chats today. All right, guys, my little bubble has popped up. You guys know what that means. It's Y'all time. Know. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Our first one today is from Mason Pyle, uh, a regular on the show. Thank you, Mason. Says, thoughts on the phone alarm. Did your alarm buzz today? It did. I did get yeah, the national I alert. I heard some people were like, I'm going to turn my phone off. It's the government tracking my phone or whatever. I'm like, baby girl, they know where you are. You don't have to worry about that. They know. Um, yeah, there was a community note about it on Twitter that somebody was like pushing this big conspiracy theory where it's this psyop or something. And got the, the community note said something like, this is a regular thing. It was done three years ago. Most recently, it's kind of like just it's not that big a deal. So I don't know. It yeah. was annoying for two seconds. It wasn't a great sound, but I didn't think much more of it. Me neither. I feel like I remember this happening in, in the past as well. So I didn't, you know, didn't like turn my phone off or put it in one of those like uh, radio active like wave stopping cases <laughs> or whatever that people talk about. Did you get your tinfoil hat out and <laughs> put it on to protect you from it? Yeah. And then <laughs> now we all have cancer. So, uh, yeah, it's. We're cool. screwed no matter what. Yeah, right. Uh, IQ uh, says, greetings from your passport, bro. After watching this MMA fight, you wonder why I'm a passport, bro. MMA fight? About, talking about the Walmart video. Wait, what? I don't get it. I think he was referring to the altercation between the cop and the belligerent woman in Walmart oh. as the MMA fight. And so he's like, after that, you wonder why I'm a passport, bro. You know... I, I don't wonder why men are passport bros. I totally get it. Um, but I'm also like, you could get a woman here. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like, I understand, you know, a thousand dollars to a woman here is not a thousand dollars to a woman in Thailand. So <laughs> you guys have a lot more uh, more buying power over in other countries with your passport. So and if women aren't respecting you here, I guess you'll you'll go over there and, and do your thing. I just think there is there are relationships to be salvaged here in the the U.S. of A. <laughs> what, was, what was one of those uh, boy math tweets was like men will complain about having to pay like for a nice dinner right dollar date but then they'll fly on like a fifteen hundred dollar ticket overseas <laughs> to, <laughs> to get a woman overseas yeah, yeah. i guess it works out in the long run but oh my goodness yeah, maybe. it's true uh noah mulkane says hey amala and taylor you guys are awesome love the new studio also your impersonations amala we love women <laughs> Uh, also need to ask, what is the waiting song at the intro of the episode? I love it. Oh, gosh. I don't know what the name of the song is. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it's on one of those like licensing sites that you guys can can find. I'll have to look up what the actual name is because I do not recall. Yeah, someone someone try Shazamming it and see if it comes up on Shazam. I don't know if it will, but that would be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Where is that respect whammon thing from? I think it's from PewDiePie. I used to watch PewDiePie when I was younger, and I haven't watched his video in a long time. But now he's like a dad and everything. How crazy is that? But uh, yeah, that's where that respect whammon comes from i literally have never <laughs> seen a beauty pie video what? i've heard about him a thousand times but i i 
he's like say I've never seen it. You were never like deeply in YouTube though, right? Like in YouTube no, culture. I was, I was pre YouTube generation. I think. Yeah, I think I was just like all all YouTube as a teenager, whether that was healthy or not. Well, lots of PewDiePie mm. and stuff like that. I know like every OG YouTuber. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I think we were still watching like Nicktoons and stuff like that when right, I was a kid. And then right. you, we, as YouTube came on on the scene, you'd get like the the Charlie Unicorn video and Charlie bit my finger and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Charlie people, you'd bit see those, me. But it wasn't like a regular <laughs> thing where you watched people. Right. Anyways, um, Sup, my dude says I want to go back in time and tell Freud what is going on now with the gender stuff. Guaranteed, he'd just lose it, especially on the booger sugar. I don't know what that is. I don't know. That I don't know either. that I want to know what that is, yeah. but I would love to hear some any old school man's opinion on what's coming right now. Let's do a séance and uh, <laughs> bring them back to hear what they have to say. One of those a Ouija board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there more than two? Oh, Taylor, you're frozen. <laughs> okay. Oh, can you still hear me? Yes. Now you're back. Okay. Um, maybe it's our fan not malfunctioning or something. Let's see. Uh, Ramona S says, I think gender ideology reached out to its furthest ends. will have to then begin bleeding into how people identify their animals. Oh gosh. Well, our identifying as animals is already a thing. So who knows? Maybe they will be like non by this is my non-binary dog. He goes by they, them or whatever. (laughs) I'm sure somebody's doing it. Yeah, it'll happen in L.A. first. Uh, I was at a dinner one time with people in L.A. and they started talking about their dogs. Zodiac signs like what's your dogs? My dog's in Aquarius or whatever. So I can't Mm. I can only imagine that their gender identity is definitely going to be a thing. I would have to be like, "Uh, and that's my time here, guys. I hope you have a great night. (laughs) I'm out. Uh, Uh, I'm going to go home uh let's see marla melhem says i read this somewhere pretending quote pretending to be someone else is a waste of who you are end quote it holds true to us all but especially those struggling with gender yeah it's hard because it's you know on on one hand it's really hard to decipher who you are as an individual so sometimes it's kind of nice to take on a different role to see if that's something that works for you and uh, and see if it's something that vibes with you and there there is you know, somewhat of an element of like putting on a character, like, you know, and it's hard to decipher, like what is real and who is you and what is good for you and all these different things. So I can understand why people like to explore their gender, but uh, it's just difficult um, when you're, we have to, we have to agree on the, the, the foundational sentiments of things before we go into like exploration. We have to agree that like men are men and women are women before you like start trying on dresses and different names and stuff like that. And if we could get that <laughs> agreed upon, then, you know, more power to you, you know, have a field day, put on tutus and tiaras and, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. But we just can't seem to agree on the, the fundamentals. Yeah, what'd you say in what was the yesterday's video? I think at the end of it, it was like, it's more courageous to like accept your identity within the quote unquote binary system than it is to like put yeah. yourself in the box of another of, of an identity category. Yeah, 100 percent. It's just and that and like accepting yourself comes with a lot of freedom of expression. I don't know like where we ever got it wrong that like you by being part of the binary, you can't express yourself. You can't. You can do like whatever it is that you want as long as so long as you're an adult. Uh, and that's just where we got lost, y'all. I won't hark on it anymore. Uh, Mason Pyle says the future is trans female, not female. (laughs) 
hope not. That it is. I mean, if we continue on this trajectory, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think it will be. I think things. I think we'll course correct. Uh, Ty Oron says, "Don't have a comment for y'all today, but hope your Wednesday's going great." What's your guys' guilty pleasures? Ooh, guilty pleasures. Um, I love to watch like movies that aren't considered that great. Like I've been making my boyfriend watch the whole Twilight series. We're on the last one. We're on Breaking Dawn Part Two, so I made him watch that. Um, I love like the show Glee, which is you know it's not the greatest show ever. It's pretty cringe. Love it. I I love watching things that are not necessarily great, but that just make me feel good. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. Yeah, I think mine would be I like watching. um, I don't even know if this is a guilty pleasure, but like the the seasonal uh baking shows like food networks uh, hell yeah halloween baking championship or christmas baking championship for whatever reason like i just gets me in the feels for the the season Dude, so food network at any time makes me feel good i don't know if it's like from my childhood because my grandmother used to watch uh food network all the time when we were kids uh and she's, she's still around still watches food network but uh that every time i turn on food network no matter where i am i'm just peaceful it's just peace you know barefoot yeah, contessa there's no plot to follow there's no like emotional investment you have to worry about it's just like ah just enjoy just feels good and maybe you learn something maybe you learn a new recipe along the way Uh, one other silly thing that i've been watching is antiques roadshow so we're not sponsored by them but pluto tv is this free app you can get on your tv or whatever and they have like 24 7 channels of all these like classic game shows like jeopardy is another one i watch a lot of um, mm-hmm. but anyway, they have like a 24 seven antiques roadshow channel and I've, you best believe I've been watching like episodes from the nineties of antiques roadshow. Yeah, it's, it's like so, so great. Interesting and relaxing. I love to watch people learn that like the rug they got in 2006 at a garage sale is actually worth 50 K. <laughs> yeah. Like, start crying. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, okay. Amy love just sends a heart emoji. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Feel the love. Um, Riku Forever says, I'm so glad I caught another live. Been watching you guys for about two years and love your work. Keep up the amazing work. Oh, thank you so much. You're an OG. Two years is no small feat, man. That's dope. Yeah, we only been doing this about two years, so that's the right. OG of you. Uh, Fuzzy Thinker says, why didn't the MLB rescind that suspension of that player? They certainly should have. Yeah, I know they scaled it back after like the, the, there weren't any charges filed against him to mm-hmm. like 100 and something games. But as far as I know, they haven't like fully rescinded it. Yeah, oh my gosh. If he could sue, sue. Are you kidding yeah, at me? This point, tens of millions, dude. Uh, Kate Devlin says, SA is hard to prove and real victims like me don't often come forward. False accusers destroy men and the chances of actual victims like me being believed. Yeah, dude, you have to think about it. Like, I know that the stats on, you know, rape and sexual assault are really, like, tough to to stomach and stuff. It's, like, a tough pill to swallow. But if you really think about just how difficult it is to prove something like that happened, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at what the numbers look like. It is probably one of the tough, if not the toughest crime to prove, you know, happened to you. Because how are you going to do that in, in these situations where things could look consensual or, or, you know, it's just, it's just tough. That's why like the Russell Brand case I thought was really interesting because when you listen to the accounts of these women, uh, at least a few of them sound pretty credible, but also at the end of the day, you hear them and you're like, you're not, how are you going to prove that? How are you going to prove that? Unless you had actual like video footage or something like that happened to you, it'd be really, really tough uh, in, in a court. And, and that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. 
Uh, Yasmin just says, curious if you see any silver lining in Clown World. I always do. I think there's like, there's always, you know, reasonable people who are like, oh, you know what? That, that in fact does not sound right. And like people starting to just like wake up everywhere. And, and, you know, as long as that's the case, I'll always find the silver lining in it. I think we'll make it to the other end of this, guys. I'm an optimist, even though it doesn't really matter, but I'm an optimist. Yeah, I think for whatever reason, the quote from George Orwell, like freedom is the freedom to say two and two make four um, came into my head. And, and it is refreshing every time you see someone just stand up for truth and say mm-hmm. something like that. It's just, hey, this is like uh, Rishi Sunak. I think I don't even know how to say his name, but uh, it's just simple, simple moments like that in the middle, in the midst of clown world. Uh, just give that extra jolt of hope. It's like, OK, I'm not crazy. We're, and we're still free enough, at least for now, to uh, use our speech to <laughs> cut through the, the noise and the chaos and right. speak truth. So uh, Fresh Start says, I know a, a man amidst a nasty divorce. Ex made daughter testify that he essayed her and lost everything. Proven false later, but he didn't get justice. Hashtag me too is terrible. Thanks for a great show as always. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think things like this happen and they're horrifying, you know, assuming like what you've you said in your, your chat is true. And, and this is like the balance that we have to strike on things is how do we take real victims seriously and look into, uh, you know, these allegations, but also uh, try to stive off people who are making these false allegations. And it's a tough balance to strike and probably it's probably a balance we will never strike because you know so long as there are good people in the world there will be bad people in the world and they will take advantage of these things i don't think the me too movement was you know horrible in and of itself i think there is a moment to recognize victims of sexual assault and to say this is something that you should not feel fear in in admitting has happened to you this is something that you should not be pressured um into you know not going to law enforcement for and there are several instances of of women and men experiencing this type of stuff where me too went wrong in my opinion is with that hashtag believe all women that that took you know things off course for me also, uh, the the pure emphasis on women when men are victims of sexual assault as well. And we saw, you know, instances like like Terry Crews, that famous actor, he came forward and said, hey, I was sexually assaulted and this and this happened to me. And a lot of in a lot of spaces and maybe these were particularly male spaces he was laughed off and said you know like how could a big guy like you be be sexually assaulted so i don't think me too is inherently bad it just had it just got twisted into something that was far worse than what it what it should have been it could have really been a force for for good and really realigning society on the front of of sexual assault Okay, I think this is our last one from Sandra Allen. It says, how do y'all handle being surrounded by all these crazy stories? Is it disheartening? Thanks for putting the work in for us. I don't know. For every crazy story, we have a reasonable person to tell it to. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of balances itself out. Sometimes I'm just like, I just cannot believe this is happening in our world today. And I cannot believe people are allowing this to happen uh, and then you kind of get blackpilled on that when you just realize the actual scope of how big the problem is and how difficult of an undertaking it would be to sort of upend the larger system that is. But for the most part, every day, we're just like, OK, we're, we're living another day of life. And it's a day of life where we talk about these stories and hopefully uh, give people a rational take and give people a haven where they can discuss these things and be open about the way that they feel. So it's it's fulfilling. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like looking at my Twitter feed every day and TikTok feed and everything and like seeing all this clown world stuff and just it would be disheartening if it weren't for the fact that we look into that for the purpose of bringing these to you guys, having the opportunity to make a little sense of it and speak mm -hmm. truth into it and to see that resonate with you guys and, and to see you guys respond and say, you know, hey, this is this is hitting for me. I don't feel so alone anymore. I, you make you make me have a little bit of hope in clown world. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's rewarding and that's energizing. And so it's, it's not energizing to look at the Twitter feed, but to, to be able to do it and then know that on the other side of bringing some truth to this or just speaking yeah. about it, that we can all make a little bit more sense about it and have a little more hope that that's rewarding. And I think that's how we stay sane in the middle of all of it. looks like we got one more from fresh start. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure the show ends on a happy note. Have a great day guys. Oh, that is wonderful. And that is a wonderful message to close out the show in the midst of all the crazy stuff happening in the world. I hope you're having a happy, happy day. You found a little community here on the show guys. Thank you so much for watching. Leave your thoughts on the different stories we covered in the chat down below. We talked about Trevor Bauer and some false allegations placed against him that have now come to light. We talked about a woman going, a little crazy in a Walmart and accusing them of being racist. We also talked about men identifying as non-binary in order to take over a women in tech conference. Leave your thoughts on all the subjects above in the chat down below. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you disagree, as always, I encourage healthy debate, so do get out, but do so respectfully. And if you like this show, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time I'm live, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We got another super chat from Gabrielle Ortiz. It says, I think these men who are falsely accused of SA should pursue legal ramifications. Those women should go to jail. We completely agree with you, Gabriella, and we hope Trevor Bauer gets his comeuppance, as they said on Zoe 101, that one episode. <laughs> Some of you OG Nickelodeon people will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that word. Uh, guys. By the way, real quick, my wife texted me, said that Booker Sugar that was mentioned referred to cocaine. So thank you oh. to my wife for playing Urban Dictionary. Look at us. Sometimes <laughs> we know things, sometimes we don't. Uh, we have just very innocent ears is what that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. And I will see you tomorrow with a video uh, that I think is an interesting topic. It's about inclusivity culture and where we've gone wrong with that. So I'm excited for you all to see it. And I'm even more excited to hear your opinions on the subject. Have a fantastic day.